1: What was it like watching that, watching it unfold when you were watching this, this season? (sighs)
0: Sorry, just need a minute. (laughs) I think that, um, throughout this. Watching that backwards. (laughs) guys welcome back to a special episode of everyone's business but mine a solo love is blind recap of both the finale and that late ass late ass reunion um i'm thinking there was so much to talk about in the reunion there were so many things that i want to talk about with regard to the reunion i think it's best to be a little bit concise here and i think just really talk about the things from the finale that are relevant to what was spoken about in the reunion. Starting off with, okay, our second to last penultimate episode left us off with the cliffhanger of whether or not Kwame was going to be saying I do or I don't to Chelsea. And I think this was probably the big shock of the season uh, to the audience. Anyway, Kwame graciously, gratefully even says I do. Chelsea, I mean, we could have rocketed her to the moon right then and there with with no jet fuel whatsoever. She's walking down the aisle like, yes, bitch, like waving to her crowd. Like she's fucking Kate Middleton. Like she won. She keeps looking deeply into his eyes. Do you love me, baby? We're married. I'm your wife now. We're married now. And he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, that was really it. That was really it. I, I'm, we'll get into that in a second. Okay, let's move on to Micah and Paul, right? So this was our, a gotcha couple, our like possibly surprising couple. Like we think they're a sure thing, but then they turned out not so much. Right? So the whole time I feel like we've been sold a dream. Well, I feel like they were trying to sell us a dream because for me, I never once saw a little bit of chemistry between Paul and Micah, like real chemistry. I know that they would say, Oh, we're obsessed with each other. We text each other. If we're gone after 15 minutes, I always miss him. I'm obsessed with him. Our relationship is so great. I think one thing that stuck out to me that Paul said was, I am the most attracted to you or Micah, like he told Micah, you're the most the person I'm the most attracted to on this planet right now, and I know that Paul is like a very cerebral, uh, science based kind of logical dude, and so maybe things don't come out as emotional, but that was just very telling to me. Like he's invested in this now, and I don't even mean on some fuckboy shit. I just think that he was like, I like her. But, and so this is what we see, right? The beginning, we're gearing up. They're in the bridal suites, the groomsmen suite. They're talking to their friends, having a great time, like talking about how lovely their relationship is. Micah's saying, oh, Paul makes me want to be my best self. Um, I know he loves me, but then the cracks start to show. I'm kind of worried that he might just answer yes out of pr- pressure, Right. Micah's mom, uh, Patricia gives her some good advice. You know, people date for years and they get divorced. Thanks, mom. So, you know, there's really no way to tell. Might as well just do it, girl, right? (laughs) So, Paul, like I said, shifts from being really confident. Like, he's talking to his boys about it. Like, she makes me want to be a better man shit. Like I, his friends are saying, I've noticed you're talking about emotions in a way that I've never heard you before. And I actually think this is really refreshing. Like Micah's really done something positive to you. She's pulled you out of yourself, right? Like he's so in his head and like numbers, numbers, science, whatever. And she's like fun, footloose, fancy free. looks Too much like his mama and just like gets him out of his head. They're able to have like a, you know, 500 days a summer kind of relationship, right? And then he starts talking to his mama and he's like, gosh, I just wish that I had the tools to know what to say, how to answer. And she gives him some pretty good advice, Paul. Um, You need to keep in mind that anything that you say to her that is not a yes is by default a no. So take that into consideration, babe. I also wanted to see I took notes in the first part of this uh, what how um, Micah interpreted she said she wanted her theme her wedding theme to be vintage glam and I wanted to see like how did that turn out um basic it wasn't bad it was just very basic it was just very uh you know Kim and Kanye or Kim and Chris like I feel like we've seen everything before just the neutral colors the whites the flower it was pretty but also very basic and I will say that while I thought Micah's uh dress was the best one I think it was the most like classic because I felt like the other girls were like you know how they have those um you know, like, you can donate your old prom dress or homecoming dress and, like, you know, the girlies who can't afford it can go and, like, you know, shop freely, right? It felt like that's what the other girls got. Like, they all got dresses from the divorcees of the class of, like, 2004 to 2009. I don't to say 2015. Not even that far. 2009. Like, Tiffany's fit her best. You know, obviously there's a lot of conversation about tailoring. So I think Tiffany's fit her best and therefore it was the best. I felt like Bliss's was cute. I wasn't as mad as the puffy sleeves as a lot of people were like, it was fine. You know, I think she's kind of a unique lady and I think that kind of fit her. So maybe I actually liked Bliss's best dressed best. But anyway, Tiffany's fit her the best. And therefore I think like she looked the best. Micah's was the best, the one that I would have picked. Chelsea prom 2004 with those like two little tendrils on the side, like baby. I mean, I feel like we're literally like her uh, procession dance should have been vitamin C's graduation. Like it was giving (laughs) very dated. Um, With that being said, who allowed Micah to go out there with that exposed long bra strap the entirety of the ceremony because I know like all her whole bridal party her mama Patricia why were we doing bra watch duty bra strap duty because she had to get the ones that like you know I don't know if everybody knows this but like you can get different bras to adjust to different like lengths and her dress was like pretty deep backless right so she had to but there was like enough fabric on the side where you could reasonably hide a bra strap they just didn't nobody helped her and so that irked me and so really honestly Micah should be grateful that this happened because you otherwise would have had to live with the memory of your bra strap being shown at your wedding for you know the rest of your life and is that worth it I don't seems like a no. So we get to their vows, which are pretty gushy and Paul talking about how he usually questions everything, but I don't doubt my love for you. I don't doubt that you love me. It always had to go down like this. It always had to be that way. And once we started, we just never looked back. Right. So then we get to the I do's. And Micah says, you know, I think that in this moment, the best thing for us is to give you the opportunity to speak first. Shelby from the crowd just whispers, I wish I was drunker. So then we move on to Paul and he just says, I love you. But I don't think we can choose each other right now. I think we're not there. So Micah says, honestly, I thought that's what you were going to say. And honestly, you know, like I've been waiting to be shown and told that you love me and that you wanted to be me, be with me. And I never felt safe. And in this moment, I think that's pretty validated. So, you know, Paul starts talking. He's like, I just wanted you to know. She's walking down the aisle and he kind of finishes like mumbles, you know, what's right for me is what is right for both of us. So she's shuffling down the aisle. She gets to the bridal suite. He's following after her, trying to talk to her. She's like, you need to leave, Paul. You need to leave right now. And so he tries to explain to her, like, You know, it's not because I don't love you. And he hugs her and he asks her, do you hate me right now? Did I make the wrong choice? I love you so much. And then Shelby, her mom, Patricia, the other three or whoever, all walk in and she's like, okay, Paul, you need to leave. So Micah Tell's production... I just feel really broken and like this is a disaster. Paul's running into a friend. He's like, damn, I think I fucked up. That was tough. I really do love her. And the friend is like, "Nah, you did right. You you, you made me the right choice. Paul tells production, there was definitely love, no question. But it didn't seem to always be reciprocated. And maybe it was real or maybe it was a defense mechanism and Micah held back to protect herself. And then he says it was difficult to envision her as a mother and there's like a nurturing aspect that some people have and he's just not sure if she has it or not but he just couldn't see that in his mind clearly so let's move on to brett and tiffany which you know it it was our ace in the hole we knew what it was tiffany is on the bed laughing about how happy she is crying about how happy she is i mean we know what it is. Marshall shows up to, you know, support his boy, to be in the audience. They have a little one-on-one conversation about how much they respect each other. And Marshall keeps continuing this narrative of how he, like, kind of, not gave Tiffany to Brett, but was kind of like, I don't think this girl is for me, but she is special, so maybe you should, you know, keep an eye on her. Brett gets to meet Tiffany's dad, Lewis, and they have, like, a nice conversation and lewis bonds with him about how like he's been married for 43 years they stick together through everything i mean these are just like a classic case of two people who have parents who have been married and they're just nice and this is just like what happens. and i know that tiffany thinks oh my god i'm 36 this was never gonna happen for me but it was <laughs> it absolutely was. These are just two nice people, and it makes me sad too. I don't want to say that they're boring because they're not. They're just not like <sighs> like I'm happy for them, but I'm just not invested enough into their love story. And so I think this might be something that Love is Blind really needs to take heed of. I remember like being invested in Lauren and Cameron's love story and wanting to see what they were up to and bonding and talking about and that closeness the intimacy and I just don't feel like we've ever been on that journey with a quote-unquote good couple since then we need to get that old thing back because it's just not working it's just not working like if you want us to continue to watch the show we have to have a couple to root for and a reason to root for them other than like oh these are just nice people because we don't really get to see their journey I want to see why y'all fuck with each other you know I don't think that we really saw too much of that. And I would like to see more. The big drama happens at the very end when Brett puts on his pants and he's like, yo, these are like some fucking Michael Jordan in 1992, big ass, wide ass leg pants. I'm not walking down the aisle in this. I work for Nike. So he has to rush down to find Miss Lucia, 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 and She gets to, that sewing machine is like, I got 30 minutes and I'm going to do the best I can. Did the pants look good? Did they look better? Absolutely. (laughs) So with 30 minutes left to spare, he runs back to the, the venue. They say, I do. Clearly, it's great. They love each other. They're doing a little dance after they both say, I do. Even the officiant gets in on the dance. Like, they're having a great time. At one point, they go and have their little champagne toast after the ceremony and Tiffany whispers, uh, we're going to go to the bridal suite and get it on real quick. Come on. And I would like to say that she did say at the reunion that that was just a joke, but I felt like they were doing interviews afterwards and that hair said something different. And I know the difference between humidity and other things, other activities. I would have marked that down as other Congrats, girl. I mean, that's your man. Do whatever you want, but just let's not be faking the funk here. You said it. (laughs) Let's start it. You started it. Let's finish it, girl. Let's finish it. So then let's get on to Bliss and Zach. Bliss says she's feeling highs and lows. We know her storyline. I love this man but he also broke my heart it's not quite like ayana from chicago but you know she's still putting up a good game like i'm trying to protect my peace here as i say right um so then over at the groomsmen suite zach is sitting around a poker table by himself and he goes uh oh no he's talking to his no when did this happen Oh my God. Okay. So he's talking to his friends. He's talking to his friends that had like flown in the other rooms been, and he's telling them why they like each other. What's the connection? What's the bond, right? These weird things, right? Like bliss identifies as an owl apparently. And he goes, well, that's weird because I also feel like I identify as an owl. I'm like, Oh, okay. That, that wasn't the part that was weird. Okay. His friends, Matt and Kenny both crack up. And then he says, well, I I feel like I identify as an owl because I stay up late and I'm kind of like a little different than all the other birds. It's probably those big eyes too. But anyway, then he talks to them about the song. And I feel like we should just call it the song. I don't want to talk about that song anymore. (laughs) I don't like that song. And I don't like that it had to come back. And I bless them forever that's their thing but let that be their thing so anyway zach says he tells him about the song and he's like you know i wanted that to be my first dance at our wedding it's called i hope you dance and it's about never losing your sense of wonder never taking a moment for granted and kenny at this point is really trying not to have a little chuckle fest to himself but it's hard it's difficult for him and i saw that kenny i saw that kenneth but then he goes you know my mom dedicated that song to me and kenny had to clean it up and be like oh 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 wow (laughs) then kenny goes so why did you not choose this one the first time sir did you not bother to learn her name you had this whole flight to learn what the dude your friends about to me you had time to learn her name this one (laughs) why didn't you choose this one the first time Wondering if Kenny is like a college friend you know that he has not seen since undergrad <laughs> it's giving Zach gives him the spiel about you know his trauma from past relationships families saying they didn't want him like yeeting him out of the house like uh, Uncle Phil did to Jazz and the Fresh Prince and how they had gotten into this big fight because he felt like He was trying to express to her how bad that made him feel, how worried he was about that in the future, how worried he was that her parents that her family might not accept him. And he felt like Bliss didn't take that seriously enough. And so that was the reason why he chose Irina. And then again, he uses this classic, you know, Romeo and Juliet didn't work for a reason, right guys? We got to retire that phrase, babe. Uh, We're done. So the guys do ask like, oh, how was meeting the parents? He... I think was not experiencing what we saw. I mean, he was right about the mama. He's like, oh yeah, she's a lovely lady. But he sells Bliss's dad as like, oh, he's just that classic bulldog dad. You know, he's like worried about his daughter. And you know, I felt like Shaw did not want any parts of Zach. I, but okay, okay. Speaking of no parts, once we get to they're ready for the wedding. Bliss has got her, both her parents go to walk her down the aisle, right? Her daddy's, like, he's lip syncing for his life, right? Hopefully this man can keep keep up with you. I'm not sure if he can, but hopefully he can. And then Bliss says, well, so far he can. And he goes, we'll see. And then he goes, I have a tear in my eye. Wait, no, I don't. <laughs> She's like trying to ignore him and keep it cute because she's like, I'm about to marry this guy in about 45 seconds. Like, can I have a moment of nice daddy daughter time? No, no, you cannot. Then he says, Well, you've always got your family, all right? Never settle, no matter what. Zach's vows are, this is a nightmare situation for me. I can't imagine a proposal or a vow or an Instagram caption, any sort of profession of your love for your partner should not, the crux of it should not be how much you've hurt them. You know, (laughs) how much hell you've put them through, how you guys came through the fire, how disrespectful you were, how I didn't realize I loved you until I broke up with you and, and, uh, decided to go for that loser who thought I was too ugly. You know, like, I don't want to hear that. Let's talk about the good times, please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Like, I don't really find a whole lot of joy in, like, the moment I knew I loved you was when I broke up with you. And I I laid down at night and I thought about all the mistakes I made and how much you understood me. And how, you know, you and your actions speak so much louder than your words How great you were. Like, oh, so you saw it and yet you chose, I mean, she's getting her happy ending, but for me the petty Betty inside of me is like, don't bring this up. (laughs) I don't want to hear about how you were like, oh, I made a big mistake. I don't want to hear it. I know you did. I know. Because like, let's really unpack it. There's really only one way to tell that story in which it sounds good. And that's zach telling it from his, his perspective you got to tell it from the perspective of somebody who did the dumb shit and you tell it like oh my god and that person stuck beside me this whole time you know you know don't remind me that i'm a fucking idiot who, who sat there and waited for you to figure out that i was really the right person <laughs> this is why i'm single i think this might be one of the reasons huh i'm realizing things Anyway, they both say yes. Bliss tells Zach, uh, you owe me a vacation, by the way, and not Mexico. <laughs> I didn't get my free trips. So you're going to, you'll be getting me another one. Thank you. And we're not going to the same location. Um, Paul ends up walking away at the finale, like a uh, hot Columbo in this black trench coat. And, you know, I love slash hate when they make the person who lost out have to reiterate that like this show, keep watching you guys. I still believe Paul's saying, I still believe that love is blind. Of course it is. But the part that I dealt with a lot was, is love enough? Ugh. I just, I just love, they're like, you know, I, it, it's real, you guys. It just didn't work for me, but it's real. Please sign up for the show. The end, really end is, uh, you know, Ugh. we have to hear that song. The song. Not only did we have to hear it while Zach and Bliss danced to their first dance. Now, everybody, not Nan, one of y'all gets an original song. We're using this for everybody. We're, however much money we spent on this, we're utilizing every second. We're getting... We're squeezing every little penny out of this. So even though it was very clear that whatever uh, Tiffany and Brett were listening to, what they were walking into and what their first dance was clearly did not match up with No, that was not what they were. It, you, could, I know that. You could tell by the beat they were not dancing to so I Hope You Dance. So, but I want to know what like what were y'all dancing to? Cause that seemed like a lot more fun. And then Tiffany, not Tiffany, Chelsea came out uh for her, you know, when they walk out at the at the reception and they announce the new couple. She came out in a pink puffa jacket, a baby pink puffa jacket. We get it, girl. We g- wrap it up. Let's wrap it up by talking about the reunion. Oh, let's. I mean, we have we collectively been through something like this since uh, that ship was stuck in the the Panama the Suez Canal. Like it's it's been we've been through it. the waiting, the waiting, the anticipation. I had my Sunday down, bitch. Because one thing about me is I would like to organize, and I was like, okay, of course I'm going to talk about. This reunion, it comes out at 8. It's going to be a tight hour. That's easy. I can dedicate a little time. Maybe the podcast will be a little bit later on Monday. No big deal. Right? Fucking wrong. Destroyed my whole shit. 8 o'clock. Uh-oh. What's happening? Okay, maybe they need a few seconds. No big deal. 8.01. Fair. I got it. Right? 8.02, I'm thinking, hmm. Seems like Netflix maybe uh, did not consider how many people wanted to watch this. Uh-oh. 805 becomes 812, becomes 828, becomes 830. And then I started taking notes at about 849. Not notes on the fucking show. Notes on what the hell are we doing here? These motherfuckers have a lot of gall. Cheek. Nerve. Audacity audacity i had plans i have a life i mean i had plans to watch this reunion on time and get on with my life but that's basically the same thing i'm turning to instagram live to see the netflix account to see the 152,000 other people brands celebrities roasting netflix and shit hulu's getting it in uh bravo the watch what happens live account saying we're not gonna uh we don't make you guys wait Vinny from fucking Jersey Shore is trying to get girlfriends, asking where the single ladies are at on an Instagram live. Vinny, I saw that. They they delayed themselves right into losing the Succession audience that started at nine. I'm at this point. I had planned my meal, so I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm scared. Eventually, at about 8.53, I'm like, okay, let me just, like, try and make these homemade fries and hope that, like, this is just, like, buffering, buffering, and it'll just let me know that eventually this spinning red thing is going to move out of 77% and and we're going to get it popping. No, didn't happen. Didn't happen. By 9.23, I'm looking at my phone to see, oh, some people are able to watch it, but some people aren't. 929. Still, that damn circle taunting me. Spinning round and round like some sort of empty promise that will never be fulfilled. Oh, it's almost time! The live event will start soon. Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm having to go on TikTok to watch whatever little scraps that I could on some uh, shitty live... somebody just pointing their iPhone 4 at, at their TV. Like a fucking fiend. Fiending for whatever I could watch. Finally, at like 10.20, it ends up popping on my TV. And I'm like, well, I'm just so heated. Just so heated, I could barely even pay attention. And because of that, I feel like I tweeted some things and I had some opinions that now in rewatching it were completely different. I at one point said, and I will admit this and the tweet is still up, that I thought Vanessa was being a good host. And I was wrong. I was dead ass wrong about that. And we'll get into that in a second. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, let's talk about this. So, Vanessa in this cute little black dress with that big ass uh, sequin Jojo Siwa uh, silver sequin prayer cloth on her shoulder. What that was about, I don't know. I think the weight really. Um... We've never seen Vanessa Lachey behave like that. Is it because we typically only see her? Or, you know, 14 seconds of time at uh, in an entire season. Like, I'm not watching NCIS Hawaii or whatever she does. You know, shout out to you. Get, get money. But, like, I'm just not watching. I'm not that familiar with Vanessa Lachey. My biggest memory of her is that knife photo shoot that she did with Lindsay Lohan. And that was, like, 15 years ago. So, I don't know. But she was acting weird. Did they have some drinks backstage? I know that there was, like, a massive wait. But, like, she was showing out in a way that I found... Um, I had a lot of feelings about that. We'll get into it. So anyway, let's talk about this reunion. Tiffany and Brett, the fairy tale has continued. She ended up moving to Portland because, again, half of this cast did not actually live in Seattle. Portland is where Nike's based and therefore Brett. So she now lives in Portland in that, you know, nice apartment. Um, Tiffany talks about the sleeping beauty moment, right? Where she falls asleep in the pods after telling uh brett she loved him for the first time like 35 seconds before and brett says that she was actually asleep for about 20 minutes (laughs) that tiffany actually did not know um, until they told her and she was like she had no answer for that she's like i just found his voice so soothing and you know there was the emotion of telling him i think i love you and then i think after that it was just like a release and that lulled you to sleep i can't imagine (laughs) Tiffany's a different type of bitch than me because the idea of telling a man I love you for the first time first Uh uh-uh that would have kept me wired for 72 hours at least Mm -mm. no then we get to Chelsea and Kwame the first question for them is what was it like to have that engagement photo shoot (laughs) and Chelsea says well you what people didn't see is that Kwame and I actually connected over Calvin Klein in the pods. And they had a date also that we didn't see in which she had production gift to Kwame with a pair of Calvin Klein boxers and told him that he had to put it on and then they had their date. Okay. I don't think that makes I don't think it changes anything, but thank you. Thank you for the clarification. Kwame says that the date, the engagement photo shoot, the day that they had that photo shoot was the day that he knew Chelsea was the one. Now I would like to um, direct you guys toward an Instagram post that Kwame um, put out like right around the reunion in which it's like a whole carousel of him and Chelsea in good times off camera, like moments during the season, but like, you know, during their private time, right? About them just, like, getting along. And we actually see moments where it seems like he enjoys making direct eye contact with Chelsea. He doesn't seem to be, like, internally wanting to run away. um, That sort of thing. So he does, in the caption, say, like, these are the times that you guys didn't see. I love this woman. Yada, yada, yada. I know how it looked, but... This is the truth. It was actually very nice, I will say. But I am still kind of coming away of two minds of the situation. I don't know. (sighs) They're a united front. That is clear. Whether they, you know what I mean? If it's intentional or this is like earnest, I'm still unsure on if that makes sense. What I will say that kind of changed for me is that Chelsea seemed a lot more calm, I guess. Maybe the body language wasn't really showing that. She did have like a looped arm around him at all times. But her her body language seemed, she seemed a little bit more settled. Because to me, I said in the, the first recap that Chelsea to me is like the most single woman in America. And what I mean by that is like she just seems very... Uh, like faux therapies like it just seems like she takes a lot of wisdom for like from like things that she sees on uh you know chloe's instagram stories or uh a lot of dating books and it just seems like rachel and i were talking about how it kind of seems like chelsea wanted to get married and it didn't quite matter (laughs) Like, she probably would have behaved at this level of enthusiasm and exuberance with any man that she had um managed to get proposed to her, or, you know, whatever. And uh, I don't think that Kwame really mattered as much. But I don't know. I don't know. They do seem happy. But again, I'm not sure, like, how much of that is, like, really, really real. So then we shift to the, like, triangle with... Chelsea and Kwame and Micah and we see unseen footage with Micah and Chelsea in which they talk about it after getting back from Mexico and it's not really that deep of a conversation it was basically just like Micah being like yeah I heard that you were upset I just want to let you know like I what happened I did this cheer speech to him I thought it was funny about us like being ex-fiances or whatever he didn't think it was funny it turned into a 20-minute conversation but I totally get how, like, from your perspective, if I was looking at that, I would be like, why are you guys talking for so long? Like, I get it. So Vanessa asked Chelsea, okay, you had that conversation during the season, but now that you saw what actually happened, you know, on the show, how do you feel? And Chelsea was like, oh, you know, like, it's, it was difficult, but basically we've moved on what you guys didn't see on the TV is that uh after Kwame and Micah had that conversation in Mexico, they had in their room an hours long conversation about this and basically they had moved past it. It really wasn't that big of a deal and whatever. Kwame tries to get all philosophical and be like, you know, there were three layers to this. You know, there's an apology. You know, that was hard to watch and it, it was immature of me for to allow that conversation to go on as long as it did and You know, he apologizes for letting uh, his ego get in the way to Chelsea, right? And then he apologizes to her family because it wasn't an accurate representation of him. And then he apologized to all of us (laughs) for all the people who saw this. And it put our relationship in a negative light, but I've grown. And this is where I kind of feel like this feels like a little bit of strategery. You know, so Vanessa asks, is there anything that you guys want to address about anything in your relationship at all? And so Chelsea says that any conversation, (laughs) any conversation, any conversation that um, Kwame had with Micah outside of Mexico was just pushing a narrative that was not theirs. And this makes me wonder now, all that we've seen, especially from Jackie's old leaky Faucet ass about what's going on behind the scenes, breaking the fourth wall every chance she gets. Do these people know what an NDA is? Do you guys know that, like, there's also, uh, like, brand loyalty, I guess, would maybe be the term. None of them, all of them, most of them. <laughs> I know I just said three very contradictory things, but I feel like most of them at one point alluded to editing bad editing things being um, intentionally left out us not seeing anything just a lot of finger pointing towards production which I feel like is pretty wild y'all are still pretty contracted to be on this show it, it's just interesting to me that they don't seem to give a fuck about like not talking shit about the show so I feel like Chelsea saying anything that happened outside of that was pushing a narrative that wasn't ours is straight up saying this shit was fake <laughs> this shit was production trying to create a storyline that wasn't actually there. And we just had to play it out. It doesn't seem like something that reality people should say. You know what I mean? Then there's a little back and forth as to like the level to which Kwame and Micah were into each other. Who was going to break up with who, who was like kind of going to call things at the end of it. Kwame said that he had written a letter in his notebook breaking up with chelsea or micah rather but i don't know that didn't end up happening right but basically Kwame tries to or i think i don't think he tries to make light i think it's true he's like you know by the end of it we were kind of our conversations our pod time was getting shorter and shorter um i just I think we kind of both knew we had both expressed to each other, our interest in other people. She told me that she was interested in Paul. So it just wasn't really that deep. It just wasn't really that deep. But then we our Chelsea and Kwame uh, segment by the announcement that I guess um, Barbara is in fact his actual biological sister. I had not seen this uh, uh, conspiracy theories that Barbara was a, what like brought in from central casting or something, but they confirm that is in fact his sister, their besties. She's real. Also, Chelsea did meet Kwame's mom. I wanted more questions about this, more explanation about this. (laughs) When did you guys get married? She says that they met on Thanksgiving, that they all went over to Barbara's house. And the mama welcomed her with open arms. It was a beautiful experience. They went around the table saying what they were most thankful for. And uh, one of Kwame's youngest nieces said, oh, Auntie Chelsea. And that was a moment. And they're all very close and very happy. So, like, (sighs) Kwame, what was your hesitance? It just, the way they tell it, it seems like Kwame made not a whole lot of effort in trying to navigate the relationship between his mom and Chelsea or his dad and Chelsea. And it just, I don't know. It all—it just kind of seems like he just like let things happen and everything was actually much better than when, how he presented it. Like he made it seem like this was never going to happen. You can't even take my last name without my mother's approval. How do I throw away 32 years of her raising me for you? My wife. Because <laughs> that's what I would be doing if I married you. Because she doesn't approve. But then things are totally chill. I, I, I need more answers on that. So then Nick says, Alright, and now it's time to talk about one of the most romantic moments of season four. Yes, that's the moment when Zach and Bliss dance to their song after getting married. What? <laughs> In my notes, I wrote uh, five question marks five the most never mind bliss gets teary-eyed and vanessa goes see don't don't do it girl it's gonna get me too it's never gonna get old bliss it's never gonna get old am i the monster for never having any emotional tie to them in this song or the song in general i ew, i'm over it vanessa tells them your relationship progressed so beautifully and when i saw you at the wedding That's when I became a believer. And then she's like, and I'm hoping that you guys will have the first love is blind baby. Huh? (laughs) Why them? (laughs) Zach says that somebody on Instagram told them, told him about the song and how it was perfect, a perfect synopsis for his relationship with bliss. And then he goes, and you know, in the song, Leanne talks about never fearing and and the mountains in the distance, and that's what I was fearing. I was afraid that it wasn't going to work, that it couldn't work, and that we would we couldn't overcome the mountains. You know, if we got engaged and then at the altar it was and I don't, I just don't know. So, in that sense, I did take the path path of least resistance. Okay, Zach. So then Nick says, well, let's talk about another potential mountain you needed to overcome. And Vanessa goes, oh, the daddy mountain. (laughs) The daddy mountain. Somehow we find out that he and Bliss's daddy, Shaw, are besties. And not only that, Shaw's paying for the honeymoon for them to Panama. So they're talking all the time. They're getting along. It's a beautiful experience. Shout out to Zach and Shaw. After that, Vanessa introduces another duo who had everyone talking, Micah and Irina. Irina comes out on stage with her sad curls. that's what you get, bitch. You get the sad, I've been sitting under these hot studio lights for two hours longer than I expected curls. That's exactly what you get. So Vanessa, as soon as Vanessa asks her, like, what was it like watching this? Immediate tears. Just kidding. Irina didn't cry. She just goes, sorry, I need a minute. And then Irina says, you know, in terms of the other girls on the show, like I came into it with a selfish perspective. Like it was just me on the show and kind of like I wasn't there to make friends, you know, but in reality, how it affected other people, my intention wasn't to hurt any people, but my impact did. And it, I wasn't seeing the girls, how I hurt them, you know, and I will say I did privately apologize to all of them, but you know, it was this deep because people who were bullied growing up saw it and, and were impacted. So I'm just thinking about everything that happened and I know that that's not the person that I want to be and it isn't the person I am and it's painful It's painful that that's the image that I'm left with after three weeks on this journey. (laughs) Anybody want to grab a bowl? I've got a hearty helping a word salad for you. Bitch, what are you talking about? This is just a a mad libs of accountability. I'm growing. This isn't who I am. I privately apologized. You know, I I affected people impact versus intent. And to wrap it all up with like, it's just unfortunate that this is the image that I have now. And it was only three weeks of my life. So you should have just said that girl, like just say it's all about me. I'm really pissed off that everybody in America thinks I'm a bitch. And now I got to fight for my life and my um, event planning company. Because who wants to hire the bitch <laughs> to play in your baby shower? Nobody. So well, now I'm just going to say, I'm so sorry. I'm reflecting. This isn't who I am. It's unfortunate. <gasps> no tears. So Nick. Asks Bliss how she felt. And this is where we start getting juicy. So she says that Zach kind of gave her a heads up. But she was really shocked and super disappointed by what she actually saw go on on TV. And she says, Irina, I just really hope that you go from this. And because it's really sad. Sad to see somebody as wonderful as Zach being treated so poorly. So Vanessa then asks Zach if he thinks that Irina took the relationship seriously. And he's like, No. Tarina says, I would love to speak on that if I can. It It really hurts to see Zach say that because I genuinely think we weren't right for each other and blah, 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 something about how she approached coming into the pods and how she just, it ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. She, if it didn't feel right for her, but Zach was the last man standing, the last guy. And there was a reason why I chose you, Zach. And I just think that we weren't meant to be, but I still believe that Zach is the best guy on the show. The best guy that I met on the show. And, but listen, like, I needed to be true to myself and it just didn't feel right. So it honestly hurts me to hear Zach say that it wasn't true, but that's okay. I understand. I treated you so poorly and nobody deserves to be treated that way at all. And listen, I was going through a lot mentally, but, you know, it still doesn't give me an excuse to do that. But like, looking back, I'm sorry. And I love your guys' relationship. And, you know... Bliss, you saw the things that I didn't like in Zach, and you were, like, in awe of everything that he did. (laughs) Like Basically, like, listen, Bliss, I think you guys really are in love with each other because everything that Zach did made me give, like, real bad ick. You seem to really love it. So, like, I love that for you guys.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place
0: So Nick asks Zach if he believes what Irina's saying or if there's skepticism and the crowd goes, ooh. <laughs> Zach says, listen, Irina, you did a lot of things that hurt a lot of people, including me, and you only see 10% of that on camera. There was so much stuff that happened that was unbelievable. If we're real, you went on the show to get famous and then the crowd goes full Ricky Leg like, woo! Wow. But then Zach goes full Lauren Conrad, like, I forgive you, okay? I genuinely 100% forgive you. And I know that there's so many people out there who want to attack the people on the show, but you guys don't understand that it's punishment enough to have everybody see us at our worst. And it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just you and Micah. It was, you know, we all did things. (laughs) So Zach says he has a receipt. But the only ones that he's going to show are on his Instagram, which I will state were just, not just, but they were about his mother's passing. They genuinely had nothing to do with Arena. So if you're looking for a drama there, it's not going to happen. It's actually quite dramatic, but, you know, but like in an emotional way. Um, So Vanessa calls out arena for a moment where they were brushing their teeth after like finally deciding to call it. Right. And he was like, Oh, I probably would have broken up with you on day three. And she goes, Oh, <laughs> I was going to end things the moment I saw you to rich arena says, yeah. And I would also love to address that. It has nothing, nothing to do with looks. Everybody thinks that it was just a gut instinct that I had. And then she says that she had a panic attack but that production talked her into going to Mexico to have a conversation to break up with Zach, which does not make any sense to me. And here's a couple of reasons why so you're telling me things were over before y'all even hopped on that plane, but then they wanted you to go there to just break up with him. But there were two other couples that got engaged. And one of which, or the woman part of that equation is claiming that, This was, um, a guy named JP and another woman, I don't remember her name. You'll have to forgive me, but she did have what I would refer to as some pretty aggressive bangs and I'll just leave it at that. Um, she claimed on her TikTok that they got engaged, that they were ready to go to Mexico. I think she said they did go to Mexico. Production had them come back to America and then at the airport he, JP, broke up with her and was like, I think it's not going to work. So then there was another couple. Because I was trying to figure out, okay, well, who's, who's this other couple? Allegedly, the other couple was Josh. Josh, as in Jacqueline and Josh. And, oh, see, another woman whose name I don't remember. But, like, we don't see these people. Like, we need more pod time. If we're gonna have to shit up you know, I need I need to know. Um so yeah, it I just, just doesn't make sense to me. If they already had two other couples that were engaged, then why wouldn't they have just gone with those couples instead of like having a couple that already broke up go down to Mexico to break up? It just seems like a waste of time. The only real like legitimate pushback that Vanessa gave to anybody on this reunion was saying to Arena Well, it wasn't just your words, though. Like, there were a lot of actions. Like, you were rolling your eyes. You were putting the pillow over your head. You were telling Micah, you know, that he gave you the ick every time he touches you. You were recoiling, that sort of thing. So, Vanessa says, I feel like, listen, you talked about how you grew up having a hard time. You stated that you had skin issues. And it kind of feels like you redid it and started treating people Like you did, it just felt like really malicious. Irina says about the pillow moment listen, I know it looks like a jerk move, right? But she claims that she was also having a panic attack at that point and that she was like trying to soothe herself and she just couldn't tell Zach how she was feeling in that moment. So then Nick turns to Bliss and says, Okay, well, I heard that you got a DM from Irina and uh, well 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 we find out that uh arena dm'd bliss and bliss says okay yeah ultimately that situation is just our blip in our story like this is my man i don't really give a fuck like we're together we're good but i'm gonna address this one time and one time only there was a message sent that when arena landed in Mexico, she said you dodged a bullet, but she was also arena was also texting Zach at that same time. I'm so sorry. Let's talk. I hope something happens with you and bliss. Like, okay. It's totally valid to have mental health issues, arena, but you turn around and you do malicious things and you act in really cruel ways. And it's hard to reconcile those things, but there's so much power in taking responsibility instead of making excuses. And I hope that for you one day. (laughs) Because it ain't happening now. So Arena says, I just want to say that I sent that message in literally a few hours or maybe a few days when I got home after that to process things. So like a few days or a few hours, that's when I sent it. (laughs) That doesn't help you. Does it? (laughs) That doesn't help you that like, oh i sent that text message of you dodged a bullet days after processing it that actually makes it sound much worse arena than just like oh a a knee-jerk reaction because i was upset a few hours after i landed that makes more sense than like oh (laughs) i actually had some time to think about it and still said that but yeah, she says, I sent that a few hours or uh, literally a few days later, or hours later when I got home to process things. Again, nothing I did was okay, but I do want to say it was a huge part of mental health, but I don't want to blame that. That isn't okay. But I texted Zach because I never treated someone more poorly. And I mean that. That's exactly what she said, you guys. That's exactly what she said. <sighs> Always fascinated by people who have time and they know what they're going to be asked and yet this is the result Hmm. finally we get to move away from that demon and nick moves on to micah and asks you know how she felt seeing the interaction between paul and arena and how they were they were flirting they were flirting so she says you know it was hard to see probably like it was hard for chelsea to see me have a conversation with Kwame, but The best thing they can do is just own up to it and hope to do better. But you know, the fact that they were close did make it harder for me and it made me question things with Paul. So then Nick turns to Paul and asks if there were any flirty moments with arena that we didn't see on camera. And he very flatly was like, no, no. And from my perspective, I was moving good. We were very secure in our relationship Mike and I had had a conversation about limits and what was and what wasn't acceptable in our relationship. And that line was physical intimacy. So I just feel like I never crossed that line with Arena. Maybe it got a little flirty, but it was, you know, within the boundaries, right? So then Vanessa introduces this video that has been going viral of what looks like Paul... Maybe like grazing uh one of the bridesmaids butt <laughs> after he leaves after you know saying no to to Micah at the altar, and i they should ask Micah a little bit more about this, Micah, how do you feel about that girl? Have you had a conversation with her? What are your thoughts? Do you feel like she was having feelings for Paul like what was going on with that, but they don't ask her, but Paul says it, it would be absurd of anybody to think that it was anything other than like he had bumped into her shoulder and he had kind of just like put his arm out like oh my bad so then we get to the Micah and Paul section and Vanessa asks Micah if, if Paul had said yes at the altar do you think you would be married and I feel like there was confusion for me as to what Micah was trying to achieve glam wise um she I think I liked the dress although you know for us who are reality tv housewives fans particularly like you know fashion wise you have to think of a sitting dress because you're going to be sitting there so it could be really cute when you stand but when you're having to sit there for hours you have to account for do I have to hold my legs closed can I cross them Do You know, all this, that, and the third. I feel like the dress got lost because she was sitting back in that lounge chair, that couch, like and I just feel like we didn't, we couldn't really see what she was wearing. But then also, I feel like we were going for the Hollywood glam, you know, the old Hollywood curl and it wasn't making sense with the very modern dress (laughs) and uh, the tan was a lot and the jaw. Did something happen with her jaw? Seems like maybe we got a fresh injection on the uh in the lip area which is fine i just feel like maybe we need to adjust our lip color accordingly because those bruises are going to show and just uh, lip gloss is only going to highlight that babe but that's neither here nor there the other day on twitter somebody oh, i'm blanking on who was asking they were asking what is Micah's look like what is the term for her style because it seems like a lot of things happening at once that don't quite make sense and I responded Arizona and then somebody responded to me hey that's not fair um it's Scottsdale it's not Arizona it's just Scottsdale (laughs) so I guess maybe that's my answer and they were dead ass too I don't even think they follow me but they were like for real like that's really like not fair of you to call it Arizona when it's literally just that area of Scottsdale. I don't know what that means you guys. Don't come for me Arizonans. I don't I don't know what that means. They said that, frankly. I mean, I said it first, but they got specific. But I don't know what that means. And also like it's not y'all's fault. Like if I lived in a state in which the major surrounding cities in the other states were like Albuquerque, Los Angeles, fucking Salt Lake and Las Vegas, I would be confused too. Like that's not your fault. Anyway, Um, so Vanessa asked Michael, like, if Paul had said yes, do you think you would be married? And she's like, sorry. In that moment, I knew that it was best to give Paul the opportunity to answer first. And I don't care why anybody thought that I did it. It was my real marriage on the line. And I knew I was going to say yes. And I just didn't want to spend the rest of my life wondering if Paul had just said yes. So it was not to embarrass me. Fair. Do I think she's telling the truth? No. Do I think that's a very good excuse? Yeah. (laughs) So then Nick asked Paul, well, what do you think? Like, do you think you made the right decision? Do you think if she had said yes first, would you have changed your mind? And he's like, I don't know. Honestly, like... I would like to think that I would have stood by my convictions and continued to say no, but I've also never been in a situation where somebody has looked me in the eye and affirmed me in that sort of way. So honestly, I can't answer that, which I thought was actually pretty honest. (laughs) So Vanessa asks about Paul saying that he couldn't see Micah as a mom, which I have to agree was like a fairly harsh thing to say. Micah says it felt terrible and she felt like it was like the worst possible thing that he could have said about her because she talked to him about how important it was for her to have a family. They talked about it in the pods. Um, Her mom, I guess was having difficulty having children. It's a miracle that she's even around. She always wanted siblings, always wanted a big family. And Paul knew that. So she also says that a few days before their wedding, Paul asked how, she would feel about not having kids and she got really upset. And so it was a shock for him, for her to hear him be like, Oh, I don't think she'd be a good mother or I don't see that for her. Right? So Vanessa asks, why did you say that? And Paul says, honestly, I think I phrased that really unfairly towards her. I don't think it was a reflection of what Micah's capable of. I should have said I didn't envision us two as parents because I couldn't see me being as father as much as I couldn't see Micah being a mother. And I want to take accountability for my half. And I think it's like very possible that maybe I just didn't see her that way because I wasn't inspiring that in her. (laughs) So Vanessa asked Paul, okay, well, what would have made you see a nurturing side to Micah? And he says, there's not anything tangible that I can tell you. It's just a feeling like, I don't know. It just wasn't there. But again, maybe I just didn't inspire that in her. So Vanessa asks Micah, do you understand what Paul is saying or are you as confused as I am? And then the audience starts laughing and she's like, no, no disrespect, Paul. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like you're kind of dodging the issue. Like, was there a specific moment where you didn't see Micah as a wife or mother or were you done at this point? And Micah, is this giving you closure? Well, <laughs> so Micah says that she spoke to Paul After seeing that footage, and at the time, whatever he said to her, she understood. But now she's saying that he's backpedaling and it's only making her feel worse. So Vanessa says, you know what's crazy? You look just like Paul's mom. And Paul's like, yeah, I mean, they're kind of doppelgangers. They're both blonde, but, you know, personality and, like, character-wise and all those things, like, they're totally opposite. (laughs) Oops. Oopsie. Now, I knew that Paul had, uh, at the very least, that he and Micah were not together currently. I didn't know if he had said yes at the altar, but I knew that they weren't together because he was on TikTok. Again, keep it tight, you guys. You got to keep your social media tight and, and, and get these people on a leash. Because I was seeing in his TikTok comments just passively watching, oh, he's flirting with these chicks in the comments. Like, he would not be doing this if he were married wouldn't be happening and he wasn't being like egregious or gross or anything but it was clearly like flirtatious vibes happening in his responses to these women and i i knew i knew anyway paul is clearly over this whole situation he basically chalks up to it is what it is at the time we were not clicking like other people were hint hint and he says that basically he was open to it evolving. It just like didn't happen. So Micah says, why didn't you tell me this earlier? I didn't know this until the other day. And Paul goes, because we broke up like, I don't know, like 12 months ago. There just wasn't really a way for me to explain that feeling. You would just have to be nurturing organically. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So Micah says, well, if that's the reason you said no to me, it should have been something that I should have known. I should have been talked about. You should have informed me. And Vanessa's like, yeah, I, I, she's back up on Micah. So Zach says, can I ask something? (laughs) And I love when people say that because it rarely ends in an actual question. But he goes, I spoke to Paul until about 2 a.m. before the wedding and he was completely torn and I think he genuinely was 100% in love, but he just didn't feel confident in making that choice that would affect them, both of them, for the rest of their life. You know you got this short time you need to have at least enough confidence to make that jump to say yes but Vanessa says listen I agree with Micah I think she deserved to know and Paul says listen I can agree that I probably could have been more open about what was missing in the relationship and when Nick asks him why didn't you bring that up like did you think that Micah was incapable of making those changes And Paul says, she's not incapable. It's just something that should occur organically. Like you can't just request that somebody be a certain way and then have them change that because what if then they resent you and then the whole thing ends anyway, which I think is fair. So then we get to Shelby and (laughs) Shelby, Micah's friend. And the caption at the bottom just says audience hooting. Like, ooh. But Vanessa says, before we get to that, Micah, do you think in retrospect that Shelby was right? Micah says, listen, a lot of Shelby's concerns were like about things moving too quickly in our relationship and she just didn't want my heart to be broken, which I actually think she was right about. But listen, she's got terrible delivery. I do too. But Basically, she just never wanted me to be hurt. So while Micah's talking, Zach is whispering into Paul's ear like um, counsel giving some advice. So Vanessa asks... Uh, Zach what did you say? So Zach says yeah I'm gonna be real here Micah like you're coming after Paul this whole time. Paul's been trying to make peace with you this entire time and look I understand this is hard but (sighs) I'm sorry it just makes me angry because Paul's taking accountability and it looks like you're out here for blood. So what I was whispering to Paul was that what was happening behind the cameras is not what everybody sees. And what she was saying about Paul and what people have told me about the conversations she had kind of sounds like she was never trying to marry him anyway. And there are women here like on the stage who have told me as much. The Micah tells Zach, I was there for all of it. Like I saw things. I'm not here to attack Paul. I just found out some things and I'm hurt now. Like I just currently find these things out and I want answers. So Vanessa asks about Micah not wanting to marry him like who who said that right Zach Zach says I was told by certain women that when they were discussing things very rarely did Micah mention actually wanting to marry Paul so Vanessa says okay well I don't want to make you name names but like you're saying this and Zach says in my own experiences though I've been with Micah one-on-one I drove her some places she would talk pretty badly Why did we not? What were those things? What were those things? So now then Vanessa's like plain clue. We're going one by one. There are four ladies who are standing on the stage. Chelsea. Chelsea's like, I don't know anything about their relationship. Not a thing. (laughs) Tiffany, nothing. Vanessa goes, Irina? And Irina goes, well, I just think that they were going through this experience not knowing. And Vanessa goes, oh, we found her. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we got her. So arena says, well, no, there were just like times where we would talk about whether or not we thought the other couples would get married. Like she and Zach were just like bantering about like who, you know, who do we think are going to make it? So then it's revealed that Paul and Micah tried to date after the wedding day, but not really. Like very briefly, she had to go back to Arizona because she lives there and not Seattle. (laughs) He went down to Seattle for a weekend, but basically it was donezo. So then we move to... Marshall, Jacquelina, and unfortunately, Josh. So, we have to... You know, Netflix is trying everything to try to rope us into the romance that is Josh and Jacquelina. Here's what you didn't see from their bonding and their pods, right? Womp womp. Boring. They're talking about Marshall. Uh, You know, I know your other dude, like, is it a problem that I'm not romantic or like... And Jackie goes, what, soft? And Josh goes, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not crying and not, you know what I'm saying. So Jackie goes, yeah, maybe you're just too hard. Like, we're both scared and with time, we need to give ourselves grace. Like, she is horny to struggle. Why does she need this so badly? I don't understand why she needs this, like, rough neck man who's like tough and he's got walls around his heart and they're bonnie and clyde figuring it out together why do you need that so badly like i understand that there are a lot of women probably myself included who don't really like the nice guy and they like the you know the thrill and, and the dude who's gonna like chase them a little bit. i get that but like this is too much girl this she horny for the struggle And I can't, I don't know what other term to use it. It doesn't make sense to me why she wants it to be hard in this way, in this way. It's weird because it's not even giving like, oh, I'm going to tame the bad boy or I'm going to tame the guy who like always keeps his heart guarded. It's not even giving that. It's like, we're both (laughs) struggling and fighting together. And this is what I need. This is exactly what I need. Marshall's too soft. I mean, my God, again, I think she lives like in 94, all these terminologies, calling people shorty, calling people soft. Like this is very, it's problematic and I don't like it. I don't like it. So speaking of people who are, um, you know, for talking all this cash shit about how hard you guys are, you weren't hard enough to show up to the reunion. And speak up for yourselves in front of people and take accountability for your actions. So Vanessa had to do a taped interview with them the day before the reunion. And here they are sitting like a couple, like a Christian couple and his first, his wife, his first lady, because he just cheated on her. But she's going to stick beside him. She's got her arms looped in him. They've been living together. They've been together for a whole year now. They've got a fish named Rick, and a dog Josh calls himself a girl dad. <sighs> you have a female dog. You don't we don't have to do all this. So Jackie's um here's me speaking up for myself. She says that the Jackie we see is a totally different Jackie than she is now and she just wants to clear things up. One, what she's been screaming for the past couple weeks online, she broke up with Marshall before the coffee shop date and it looks like she's a cheater. Netflix but she's actually not so really the only pushback that Vanessa gives Jackie is when she says okay sure you broke up with him before but by the time we got to the dress shopping you knew like you knew you weren't going to be trying on a dress to a man that you weren't going to walk down the aisle with or even think that you were maybe gonna say yes to him right so what was the last straw Jackie says that this happened off camera, but when they were going to get their marriage certificate, he called her a derogatory term. They fought about it. And then Marshall left for three days. That was not the story that we were told on the show. I can't remember exactly what was said, but I didn't she tell him like, you need to be harder and he got offended. And that's what he, I think that was the story that we were told, but she's saying this was actually, they were getting their marriage license signed. He used a term. And they fought about it and he left. So Jackie says, honestly, I think it was maybe a bad joke. Like we were joking together and it just came off bad. So Vanessa asked Jackie, what would you say to Marshall? If you were, you know, woman enough, hard enough to, to come on stage and fly to New York or LA or wherever, what would you say to him? And she says, I take accountability for my words and actions. And I hope that he would do the same. I've heard him. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, she goes, I can take accountability for the fact that I can go from zero to hundred real quick. And I can say that like, I should have let him speak. I should have heard Marshall without always being defensive. We weren't meant to be. And then Vanessa goes, and you know why you weren't meant to be because of that guy sitting right next to you. Like, Oh, this is a romantic thing. Right? So Vanessa asks, why do you think Marshall wanted the ring back? What do you mean? Probably because he had already known you. He had only known you for like a week and a half. I I'm surprised that she still is able to have possession of this ring because, do they make these men pay for it? It it I thought it was like married at first sight where they do like heavy spawn con and you have to see the brand name or like the Bachelorette where they're like, uh, who's that jeweler that's coming out every season. I thought they got these rings for free. So how is she still able to keep it? If you weren't able to fulfill your end of things, that's wild to me. She hit a lick on that one. But anyway, Jacqueline then says that she thinks that the reason why Marshall wanted his ring back is because he wanted to propose to another castmate. And then Josh chimes in and says, yeah, and they broke up two weeks after production ended. Okay, Sir, You were happy to get on camera and have a whole start, a whole relationship with her. So to act like, girl, come on, by the way, they're showing Marshall's reaction because they've got a little picture in picture of him on the corner, just reacting to this bullshit. And this man makes more faces than me. (laughs) Confused. Huh? What? What? Excuse me what like he just could not take it and i was cracking cracking up so then vanessa says well you guys know who did last jackie and josh (laughs) we're not rooting for them vanessa I don't know if you've heard. We don't care. Josh tries to explain why he showed up to that bar acting a whole fucking weirdo by saying that he was trying to cut weight for, I guess, some sort of bodybuilding competition. He was down 12 from the 18 that he was trying to get down to. And so I guess he was saying like he wasn't eating. And so therefore that's why he was acting like a 17 year old at a frat party. And then then come here, here comes Aunt Lydia again being like, so what's next for you guys, little JJs? Why do you need kids to have these people to have babies so badly? Go bother Bartise. Oh, by the way, Jackie tried to release some receipts of um, her telling the truth of her breaking up with Marshall prior to the coffee date. It was a day. They broke up literally not even 24 hours before that coffee date. So her receipts were just like her talking to production, planning that coffee date, and then her showing like, oh, I had this conversation with, like, I think she had it with Tiffany saying, oh, Marshall and I broke up like, I think it was April 29th, right? And then April 30th she's having a conversation with production about, oh, here's the location and time for the coffee date. So (laughs) I don't... I guess she thought that was going to make her look better, but (laughs) really just makes you look worse, Jacqueline, but whatever, girl, nobody, you know, you know, you already know. So after that clip package interview, whatever the hell, Vanessa's love fest with Jacqueline and Josh, she asked Marshall, what is your reaction? And he's like, um, I don't know. I kind of feel like people want me to be reactionary, but I think I'm just gonna let them those two have their moment and also that was like a few minutes I can't really just like go in my memory point by point and and rehash what they said so Vanessa's like oh no problem I remember um first of all she said she never cheated on you to which Marshall just goes okay (laughs) Vanessa goes oh is that all you have to say And Marshall goes, well, I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't matter if it was a day before or a day after. Um, What do you want me to be? Like, I'm supposed to be excited that she waited 24 hours before starting a relationship with somebody else or kissing them? So Vanessa asks, well, is there anything in the back of your mind that you knew maybe this wasn't going to work out? And Marshall says, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that happened between Jackie and myself that would have inevitably gotten to that point, I think. But... What he basically is trying to say is we were going through the process. I was going through the motion. I told Jacqueline, I usually run in my relationships, but I'm not going to do it this time. So what he was trying to say was I was willing to get to the altar. I can't guarantee that I would have said yes or no, but I would have at least gone through the whole process because what we were dealing with was just the natural ebb and flow of a relationship. It wasn't really like, Time to cut bait. So then he goes that he feels like this whole opportunity of the show has been robbed from him. So then Vanessa gets to the next point. What was the derogatory comment that you made toward Jacqueline? Do you know what she's talking about? Yeah. The Marshall says there's a difference between joking. And taking things out of context and spinning things into Marshall used a term when what was really happening was that they were both kind of jabbing back and forth at each other, and she was jabbing at him, saying things that we saw in the text messages where she was um making a lot of homophobic uh sugar in his tank, that sort of thing. Conversations with her uh, girlfriends and was like, Oh, don't be laughing if I go down to the altar with him, you know. And he was twerking on the bed, just like making a lot of suggestions that, like, Marshall was gay and it was embarrassing. Ooh, I can't be with this man. He's sweet or whatever. So, Marshall is trying to say the things that y'all saw in those text messages were the same things that she was saying to me in that conversation. So, she's speaking like how she's really feeling. And I'm just, like, going back and forth with her. Like, oh, ha, ha, he, he. But, like, maybe things got just a little out of hand. So, did Vanessa press Jacquelina on these homophobic test messages? No. Does she even really want to talk about them on the camera or explain to the audience what he's referring to? Not really. He, She's basically just like, well, you guys can, like, look it up online. Like, telling the audience. like, First, she says... You know, Marshall, we want to hear from you because you said it was both of you guys doing things. So what did you say? And then she tells the audience that the text messages that he's referring to were not kind. And then she backs it up and goes, well, I don't want to use the wrong words. Like you guys can just look it up. So Marshall says, okay, well, Jackie called me sweet. And Vanessa goes, yeah, we know that. But what did you say? (laughs) So Marshall says, I told Jackie that she had a strong jawline and for all I know, she could have been a man and it was wrong. It was not appropriate. I should not have said that. The so Vanessa asks, did you say that while you were signing the marriage certificate? And he goes, no, no, no. I said that right before we met our fam, my family. Right. But I knew that I had hurt her in the moment because I saw how she reacted. So I, in the moment, held myself accountable and I told her it would never happen again. Then he says that they were both joking at the time. He took it too far, and he, he knows that. So Vanessa goes, yeah, I don't, I really don't know how I feel if you talk to me like that, which is entirely fair. It is disrespectful. He has expressed as much. I'm not giving him a pass, but, like, I just feel like you didn't even ask Jacqueline about what she said. You're just like, yeah, we already know that. Those were blatantly homophobic. Marshall also says, um... Just to clear everything up, I didn't use any specific derogatory term. What I said was what I said. Didn't use any offensive words towards any one group of people. Not even in my vocabulary to say that. I would never say that. So Vanessa changes subjects to the ring and asks him to explain why he wanted the ring back.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com/slash style to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns on your next order. Quince.com
0: slash style. Seems pretty obvious to me, but Marshall says I felt like it was a symbol of my love, and in that moment, I didn't feel like she deserved that. And ultimately, No, I did not want to propose to anybody else. And it's weird to me that she would think that because I was only focused on her in the pods. So Vanessa like tries to get Marshall by saying, oh, but you dated somebody else in the pods. He explains, can you define dating? Because it was only one. It was one singular date. He says it was Kasha. It was with Kasha. Kasha found out about them breaking up. And Vanessa's like, how did, how did she find out? (laughs) Like, probably because y'all know each other. <laughs> because you guys know each other. So she sent him a DM. He says it was like a legitimate DM. She was genuinely like being nice and sweet and was just like I hope you're feeling better and that he was the one that was like, "Oh, well, hey girl, what's going on?" But after that one date, he decided he wanted to distance himself from the whole thing. I'm I'm guessing the show. And so he just was like, "I'm going to be single and try and grow" So then Nick asks Marshall if there's anything that he wants to say to Jackie. And Marshall says, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. But I would just like to see us both move on. You know, this whole you versus me thing needs to die immediately. You got a whole dude. You've been together for a year. You're trying to make something out of nothing. And it needs to stop. I haven't had feelings for you for a year. And I don't want to say, like, let's call a truce. I've tried to call for that before. And then he just stops. (laughs) But then he says he feels slighted for the second time. First time they weren't able to make it to the altar. The second time they didn't show up to the reunion. So Vanessa goes, well, have you considered her feelings and why she's not here? <laughs> what would those be? What do you mean? <laughs> Other than you, her getting clowned left and right for being a homophobe. I don't know what you're referring to. And I don't need to consider a homophobe's feelings. Not me. Why are you doing it, Vanessa? Then we get to the seg- segment where we have to watch the remaining couples at home. I I feel like Tiffany might need to teach Brett what a living room is because as he's giving us a tour of the apartment, he goes, and here's our living room. And it was the kitchen. Like, it was definitely the kitchen. Like, unmistakably the kitchen. Kwame and Chelsea's apartment wins for the view of Puget Sound alone. I Honestly, I've never been to Seattle, but it seemed... Like a flex. I heard uh, ooing and aahing from the audience, so that seemed nice. Um, Chelsea says, <sighs> she shows us a tour of the apartment. She's like, everybody's been wondering where do I keep the pink in the apartment? And so here are my chairs, and everybody was also wondering where I keep my blankie. So, you know, sometimes he's under the pillow, or sometimes I just keep him under the blanket, the comforter. Like, who's invested? Show yourselves. <laughs> who who made Chelsea think that we cared where she keeps her blankie in the apartment? So I can block you anyway. Um, then we get to Zach and Bliss, and um, listen, bless them. We did not get a house tour. We just got a video of them. At one point, they're both wearing black. It seemed like they were in a basement. There didn't seem to be a window or any sort of natural light emanating. Um, Like, it wasn't giving hostage situation, but like Stockholm syndrome, like a Stockholm syndrome that you could believe in. You know what I mean? And then Zach announces that he, on Valentine's Day, went to Bliss, his betrothed, and said, "Um, I got a surprise for you, baby. And so Bliss tells the camera, um, I was expecting a ring, but you know, I was expecting maybe like a sparkly, shiny little thing, but it turns out that what she and indirectly we all got is another song, another song. And I will say that my friend Jesse asked me, specifically sent me a message and says, I know that you want to play the song at the top of the episode, Kara, don't do it. And so that's why I'm gonna do it now. Okay. <laughs> I a little song that uh, I wrote from the left on Galifax Day. He was like, I had a really nice time for
1: you and I kept it more of a sparkly, shiny thing, but it was way
0: better than any present I've ever got. It was so sweet. You don't need to like those, <laughs> but with you, they're all I see. You don't need to be no dream girl. Girl, you're all that's in my dream. Burning all the way, yeah, big girl. Yeah, baby, let's go, all the way. wow the the tone the intonation the enunciation the um syntax the time seems very um laissez-faire chord progression what's that wow zach you've done it again (laughs) you have done it again we also see pictures of the three remaining couples hanging out with each other. The ladies are ma- wearing matching Christmas bathing suits while in a hot tub. Like, they're all having a vibe. Vanessa, Auntie, Aunt Lydia <laughs> from The Handmaid's Tale, still like, I'm hoping for a baby. Does anybody please give me a baby? My ovaries. Nick, my ovaries. So Vanessa asked Kwame to explain why he wanted to go by Alex in the beginning, in the pods, right? And for clarification, his name is Alex Kwame. And then it goes on, right? So his name is Alex. But Kwame says that the reason... First, also, another call out to production, he says that he said, I love the name Kwame. I'm proud of it, but that they they didn't show that part, but... He says that he, very proud of his name, there was a conversation that was had with his producer before the show, and that as part of that conversation, they were talking about leveling the playing field, for lack of a better phrase, for to keep race and color out of it for the first couple days. And obviously, if he goes into the pods as Kwame, we already know what time it is, right? So... He thought that, like, maybe going by Alex would be the best way to, in his words, honor the experiment for everyone. And that, frankly, makes me deeply uncomfortable. I do understand what you're saying, but it just sucks that we're here, you know? It sucks that you feel like that to honor everybody and truly go into this blind that you have to like hide a part of yourself. I just, I don't like that. Like I like what Vanessa's saying, like I get what you're saying. I just don't like it. I don't like that. So then Nick asks about the audience being surprised that Kwame did not say no to Chelsea. So Chelsea's response is that, I just feel like women always feel the need to explain or defend, but women need to make the best decisions for them period. But like babe, I don't I think Chelsea might be under the impression that the audience was largely surprised that she was the one who said yes, which is not the case, babe. Like I women's empowerment, I get it. Chase your dreams, ask, believe, receive, but that wasn't the question. That was, we were we were wondering why Kwame said yes, not you. <laughs> we knew. I know you've seen the TikTok videos of people being like uh you've seen them. You've seen them, Chelsea. You've seen them. You've seen the videos of Kwame um, in various states of self-annihilation while she's like, I love you, baby. We're going to be together forever. You're my man. (laughs) We weren't asking about you, honey. But that's okay. Um, So Vanessa has to say, yeah. And also, you guys, Alex Kwame is a grown-ass man and he made his decision. So what do you say? So Kwame says, well, we only saw a small amount of you know what their real relationship was and it what came off like he was thinking oh I need to move to Seattle or I don't want to get married but the reality was that he was living his life very differently in Portland he was gone six months out of the year he was a nomad and so that was really going to be a transition but then he had this come to Jesus moment where he felt like oh you know I'll we'll get together and we'll figure it out so I guess they have congratulations to you guys Nick and Vanessa have their mom and dad moment like, we have been together for 17 years, and here's what we know, and you gotta trust each other, and um, all of you guys said you know, whatever, whatever. (laughs) Vanessa's on one at this point. I, I barely know what she's saying. She's making a lot of noises, doing a lot of impressions. Nick looks scared and confused. I don't know what's going on. So then... Vanessa announces that we have a special guest, you guys. Bartise? No. No. Bartise and that baby that he's carting around. God bless the baby. God bless the child. But let's be real here. He comes out with the baby. Did did we get a clearance from the mama? That's what I would have wanted to know. From the primary custodian. (laughs) (laughs) excuse me guys so barquise does this whole like oh i'm a cute guy i just want to know who's the first love is blind couple to become parents me and hayden want to know and just so you guys know me and hayden my son have been watching this season of love is blind me and my three-month old baby and he's never watched my season and he never will i hope ah ha 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 I was a bad guy, remember? Even though Bartiz, I remember in that carousel where you announced that you had this baby in the first fucking place you were um, watching TV and it looked like Nancy was in the pods. So he has seen it. And I know it doesn't count, but you know that's another lie. So after we get to that bullshit clip package, Vanessa's like my ovaries are burning. Nick, I want a fourth child. Please. Please. But anyway, I'm not gonna ask you guys if you're trying, that's a little TMI, but everybody, when are you gonna have children? What's the timeline guys? (laughs) So Chelsea, you know, like we're just trying to get to know each other. Kwame gave me the gift of patience. I don't know, like I was on a timeline, but now that I'm with Kwame, I don't really think about that. And thank you for giving me that gift. Brett and Tiffany are like, girl, we're just trying to get to know each other. I don't know. We're trying to establish a life together. And Vanessa's like, I hear you. But Brett, have you considered baby-sized Air Force Ones? (laughs) He's like, I actually have. Thank you. Um, So then Aunt Lydia, Aunt Vanessa actually gets her wish. Because Bliss says they actually want to have kids. They're excited to have kids soon. They don't know when. And Nick goes, well, clearly this one, pointing at Vanessa, clearly this one can't wait. <laughs> and honestly, that was really the end of the, the season, the end of season four of Love is Blind. What a journey, what a journey we're on. What a journey. I, I would like to have Paul on the podcast and I want to have him talk some more about things. So if you guys want to put that out in the universe, calling on Paul, calling on you, Paul. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for